0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Greg Mahochko, and my, never mind, he just left, <laughs> my uh, co-host, as always, is our founder and fearless leader, Mr. John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. How are you doing? It was a great day. Wonderful day. It's good to be here. Woo. And I- if I may... Just like in the story of old, out of Matthew, no, let's go with Luke, Luke chapter one. Uh, Much like there was a multitude of the heavenly host, our guest list for this week has also multiplied now by two. (laughs) Uh, So through the grace of God, we have Nate McHugh and todd wolverton hello nate
1: well hey guys this is the foursome we're doing i guess today so uh, it should be a lot of fun
0: i i, so, I don't know if, uh, i don't know if we're allowed to call it a foursome without you know attracting weirdos so we'll call it a fatal four-way and attract a different kind of weirdo well
1: you know what? i don't know if we have anything to talk about so uh you <laughs> know. I know who's who's the other guy
0: uh, todd howdy how you doing Go, Todd coming in hot. <laughs> okay, we're all doing great.
2: Todd, how are you? I'm just doing wonderful. Um I am not in my parents' basement tonight. I notice that you're in somebody's dining room. I'm in I'm in my dining room in West Union, Iowa. Burr. Working here this week. So, I don't know if that means I have a different attitude about things, but uh,
0: Well, you were definitely you were definitely chirping a little bit more and and ready to uh, stoke the fire earlier today. Uh, So, yeah, as as Nate alluded to and and John, let's just jump right into it, because there's the the news of nothing to talk about is that we're sure as heck not going to have football to talk about uh, for a little bit of, of a time.
3: No, we're not. We're not going to have anything. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be like a wasteland. So what we're going to talk about is, uh, Nate's kid learning swear words because he's now got the headphones on. Uh, no, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, this week we got plenty to talk about because there's a, a lot of hate for Nebraska apparently. And there was supposed to be some football and then there wasn't any football at all. And it's just very, uh, disappointing
0: all around our our love and hopes and excitement lasted one week because last week we were talking about the release of the 2020 big 10 football schedule and john you dutifully went through it all and uh crossing off all opponents as nebraska victories as you should and a week later everybody's a loser yeah
3: everybody is and You know, screw this on concept that we're undefeated national champs, I guess, if you really want to be delusional. I mean, uh, apparently Bill Moose was on Sports Nightly tonight and said that uh, he, he said that the Big Ten really didn't cancel the season. They postponed the season. So Nebraska couldn't really go out and play their own football games, which, you know, is a very diplomatic thing. Uh, way to get back into the good graces with the big 10, which they needed to do. You know, I know that there's a lot of people out there that were like, Oh, screw the big 10. Let's go back to the big 12. You know, there was a reason why we left the big 12 and we left the big 12 because it was a hot mess. Uh, We left because Texas basically lords around that conference and pushes them around. Like they're a bunch of small children and they take all the money because they're bastards. And they they, they they did nothing for the rest of their conference. And if we were going to go back to that, we'd be in the same position and we'd probably have a weaker position. Um, so, you know, I know there was a lot of talk on social media and on our website about, oh, I missed the Big 12. I missed the Big 8. And I'm going to tell you all uh, bullshit. That is not what you miss. OK, what you miss is winning. OK, if, if If we were winning, nobody would be complaining about this Big Ten thing. But the problem is we fired Bo Pelini, who probably wasn't going to fit into the Big Ten, and he wore himself out at Nebraska anyway. And we hired Mike Riley, who I can't even say the name. without. Now my mouth is just full of a shit taste that will be here for the rest of this fucking podcast because I said the name – A turd, shit-ass fuck coach that destroyed the football program. We would be in the same position in the Big 12. We'd be not a very good football team. We'd be having Scott Frost come in and try to clean up the roster, which sucks. So there you go. Did I just do a whole show in like three and a half minutes. Well, you guys are screwing around. I don't know what you're doing.
0: Well, even if you did the entire show in three and a half minutes, which you did not, there would be worse podcasts out there. So keep your chin up, John. You okay, are, fine. you're the captain of our ship and, uh, you are the wind in our sails and the rudder in their mind. Oh, for uh, God's <laughs> sake. Jesus. What? You know, since we started
3: doing these things with zoom video, I do have to ask this honest to God, serious question. Uh, now that I have to stare at a computer screen and look at my own face have I looked like I've been drunk my whole life or stoned my whole life? Or is it just like within the last five years that I have this like <laughs> look uh, on my
0: face all the time? The the important thing is, do you want the honest answer or do you want to be yes, nice? Give it to me honest, you son of a bitch. Don't be sucking up. Let me put it this way, you look like you've been rode hard and put up wet.
3: <laughs> Didn't have to be that honest. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hasn't Todd known you longer than, than we've known you? So maybe he would be better to talk about whether you look like you've been what was it high or drunk? What was that? Or rode hard and put up wet or whatever? You
0: know, you know. I can't wait for. Nobody this even knows what that means. I can't wait for Todd's response here. I'm I'm on pins and needles. Needles you know, and pins. As
2: as it would be. Um, since we inevitably are going to be moving, my wife has given me the task of sorting through all the crap that I've collected for the last however many years. Many boxes that we moved into this house 10 years ago that I've never opened, and they were not opened in the previous 10 years. And as as it would be, um, I just came across a whole bunch of pictures from Probably nineteen. I'm going to say eighty-eight, eighty-nine in that in that era. Um, I don't know it. In I can't remember if this was in a podcast or another conversation. That um, I think it was a, a conversation John and I had with a couple of our other college buddies. We used to play this game called Stupid Ball, <laughs> and uh, we had we'd have this event where we'd play stupid ball. I wrote about it and sent this story to John. I think it's Pulitzer prize winning journalism and you know, he won't publish it, but, um, Send we it played to- this game called stupid ball and, and eight awesome burgers when we were in college. And for the first five, six, seven years after that, well, with John and his death experience, um, when he banged his head and uh, he's he's been very candid about it you know he has some memory issues and that type of thing anyway we're having this conversation on zoom a few months back and we're talking about stupid ball games and john said what the hell was stupid ball i mean our lives revolved around stupid ball i mean it was that big of a thing in our life well anyway long story short I found these pictures. I have absolute evidence that John Johnston played stupid ball when we played at my parents' house, and this was after I was out of college and I came back to Lincoln and I hosted out at our house, and we're playing stupid ball over a silver VW rabbit, and John was wearing a yellow shirt, and he had a mullet. He had a mullet. I have a picture of John Johnston with a mullet, And he's laid out flat on the ground, diving after this ball and and missed it. And so John, I mean, the thing about John, and he will tell you that when he was in high school and played football in high school, he played with sure determination and he worked his ass off and he had a lot of passion because he doesn't have an ounce of athleticism in his body, not at all and 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 he you know so it's all will it's all heart with him but to come back and say does he look like he's stoned drunk you know what he looks like he looks like a man that's been rode hard and put up wet (laughs) yes that's what he looks like and i would say at the age of 58 you got to feel pretty good about getting rode hard, and put up. wet.
0: Yeah. I like when the podcast goes dirty. Um,
3: you, know, you didn't bother telling him what
2: stupid ball is, you dumb bastard. <laughs> stupid ball, quite frankly, is one of the dumbest damn games we ever came up with. And it, it's kind of like an advanced version of spike ball that kids are playing today. We had a beat-up volleyball that one of our friends, Tony Korth, went through the Coliseum and um, says my internet's unstable. I'll just keep going. Tony Korth walked through the Coliseum back when the volleyball team used to practice there, and he just picked up a volleyball and carried it home. So we had this volleyball, and we played two-against-two kind of volleyball over a car. And we had the boundary lines, and you had to have a beer. And you either had the beer in one hand and you were playing with the other hand or you set your beer on top of the car, which was a strategic part of the strategy. Because if your beer was on top of the car and somebody knocked the beer over, that was an instant loss for the team <laughs> that knocked the beer over. We played unless you were
3: lose unless you were losing anyway. Then and you then purposely just, spiked
2: the ball, blasted the other guy with beer and said, fuck you. Yeah. Starting We'd, the next game. You know, the biggest that these stupid ball parties ever got, you know, was maybe 15, 15 to 20, at most, 15 to 20 people. And we had to have a keg of beer there because those, they'd get blasted. And we couldn't run out because we were going to play all night. But, um, yeah, stupid ball was, was quite the game. And it became a ritual. And we all got back together, the whole gang of us. Well, after we graduated, we used to get together in the summertime for a scum reunion at somebody's house. and We play stupid ball. That was the feature. But we did get together one night in Lincoln. We all went to a football game and we buried the stupid ball at 1219 New Hampshire, which is where John lived for a couple of years that he was in college. Sat up on top of the roof of the garage, drank a lot of beer. And we really, I guess we weren't too concerned about waking up the neighborhood. But, um yeah. But John, John was really um, – he played hard. John played hard.
3: What the hell does that mean?
1: Well, take well, it as you want. Hey, is it – so with the Gags Keystone Light or is it a, a PBR? Is it a – It was usually uh, an so Anheuser-Busch product because uh, we had a
2: friend, Kurt Klandrude. Here's his a name and name's all over the place, aren't we? we well – his grandfather owned the Anheuser-Busch distributorship for years in Lincoln. So it, we, we always had – we had to have Anheuser-Busch. Go for, Except
3: it. for one time, I do remember – because my memories have come back since they brought this up. I do remember I, I had a tan Audi Fox, I think, for a while in college. college. And uh, when you spilled a dark beer on that thing, it had a beautiful – it looked like somebody had got on top of the car and literally shit all over it. So. One time we did play with some kind of porter or stout or some kind of thing like that, and the car was just covered in, well, kind of a black goo.
2: Was that the car that got hung up on the railroad tracks? Yes,
3: it is. We won't
2: tell this story. Just move on with your fucking
3: No, no, life. no, 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 no. No, we got plenty. Let's to, talk about we football. We're not, it, yes. No, we're not going here right now. We <laughs> have football. We have we got football to talk about, <laughs> you sons of bitches. We have months ahead of us for with nothing and desperation and terror,
0: I'm well, I'm, I'm going to send the group a picture of what I think 19 or 1219 New Hampshire in Lincoln looks like. Continue with your story. This is for me. Well,
2: I'd be curious what Nate seems to think uh, about everything that unfolded this week.
1: He's he's the level thinker in the bunch here. Well, uh, oh, I don't know. It's like it. Uh, it depends. It's like what part of what's happened, and at what point? Can I ask? We, sure, go ahead. What did you think of Scott Frost's press
3: conference and speech, Nate?
1: It, out of uh, if I would rate it out of a ten, I'd probably give it a fifteen. You know, I thought. I mean, it, I mean, I had, I wrote the article. I literally was sitting here. And I was just typing what I was – as he was talking. And I thought he didn't say anything that was that outrageous. And that's what I guess as Nebraska fans we're learning that if you – I mean, if you – you have to be careful, I don't know, about how you talk, about possibly bucking the uh, Big Ten in a way. Um,
0: so one. I I was gonna say you have to be cautious about how you voice your displeasure. I think you know. Yeah, uh,
1: I I don't think he was voicing displeasure. I think he was just saying, you know, regardless of what happens, our intention is to play football, and if we have to uh, football in the fall, and if we have to do that outside of the Big Ten, then we're going to look into those options, and. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I don't know. I think he, he was obviously very impassioned about it, and his players were 100% behind him. And because supposedly they were, you know, the protocols they had set up, every player that tested positive had gotten it outside of the of one memorial, you know. And so um, as far as the speech goes, I thought it was really good. Uh, It made me – before the speech, I thought there's a 2% chance that we would play in the fall, and it jumped to about a 45% chance because I know, you know, you're going to upset a lot of people if you decide – you know, especially in the Big Ten. It's like, um, okay, you guys aren't going to play. Well, we're going to go play. And obviously that's even like a huge indicator of the fact that while we're in the while we are in the big 10 we're not exactly i don't know if we're not bought into the culture part of it and that seems to be kind of a a crossroads that i don't know if we're ever going to get over cuz guess what when we were in the big 12 we were my understanding on a lot of votes we were the one dissenting dissenting vote on a lot of things So this isn't like a Nebraska thing that like we've never done this before. Obviously back then we were a lot better football team and that's what seems to matter to an extent. And, uh, no, I, I, I was proud of Scott Frost and his comments. And I was even more proud of the fact that Ronnie green signed that statement that they ended up issuing and Ted, uh, I'm sorry, Ted, uh, Carter, Carter, and Bill Moose all put their names on the statement. Because you can't say that about almost any other member, you know, as far as leadership at a lot of these other schools. And whether they're right or they're wrong, at least they put their names on there and they, they stood for something. And when you stand for something, you're going to piss people off. And that's obviously what happened. And then that's what, obviously that's what happened yesterday. So, um, that was my thought, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I got,
2: when I read that and when I heard it, because I did watch the press conference, and, and I too, you know, I thought, good for you, Scott. And, um, but, you know, he didn't draw a line in the sand. I mean, you know, he just said, we're ready to play, and we're going to play, we'll, we'll play whoever we can for. Um, once again, some people took it a little bit out of context and said that, Nebraska said F you to the Big Ten, which which they did not in that statement. They stood up and said, we've done our due diligence. We believe that our kids are in a good situation here and we want to play football. Um, I thought that Desmond Howard, you know, his response was was absolutely ridiculous. But what do you expect from Desmond Howard? And, you know, Michael Wilbon, He's, he's looking at ratings and I like him. I think he's fun to listen to. I like his perspective on stuff, but you know, um, unfortunately it got taken out of context and blown up a little bit. Um, and that's too bad, but you know what? In hindsight, that's fine. You know, the rest of the conference looks at Nebraska now. And if they want to say Nebraska is a bunch of whiners or if there are some that say, Hey, they're going to stand up to principle, then. So be it. It is what it is at this point.
3: I think you, you look at the difference between what goes on in the private sector and what goes on in the public sector. From a real serious standpoint, from the serious guy here, um, what happens is this, right? In the private sector, you get you got vice presidents and you got a CFO. You got, you know, the manager of operations. You have all these different positions in an organization But finally, at the top of that organization, you typically have a CEO, and that guy's the final decision maker. Okay, commissioner, he's not the decision maker for that. He's not. Okay, the decision makers were the university presidents, and in the public sector, you don't get into this environment where you typically have one guy who is a ass-kicking decision-maker type person. In the public sector, people typically make decisions by consensus. In other words, they build everybody toward consensus, and then we all make the same decision. That way, everybody's ass is covered because the public sector loves politics. And typically, the people who rise to the top of their positions at the top of their departments in the public sector are not the people who take chances like they do in the private sector. So there's a big cultural difference between the public sector operates in the in the private sector
1: right. well essentially the i'm oh, sorry go ahead john
3: well i think the thing is the big ten conference when you're looking at michigan and you know not penn state but michigan ohio state those schools they've been together for a hundred years now or over a hundred years and they are used to doing things they they don't they don't like public squabbles. They don't like the idea that that Scott Frost came out and said I want to do something different, even if the Big Ten says they're not. They hate that. That goes against what, everything that they would like how they would like to see themselves presented publicly. I think what I found shocking was just how vitriolic it got. I mean, you did have these media people all over Twitter that took we want to play football and turned it into we want to lead the Big Ten literally immediately. There was not even a hesitation on their part. And that's when you look at these fucking media people and you go, you're making news. That's what you're doing. And I honestly got really pissed off at that. And uh, I called Kevin Warren a shithead on Twitter, uh, you know, mostly because you, when you look at the Big Ten, I mean, you, you had Jerry Sandusky at Penn State, right? You got Larry Nassar at Michigan State. I can't remember the guy at Ohio State's name who molested people and was a sex offender. Uh, Jim Maryland Jordan's player,
2: Who was it? No. <laughs> Jim Jordan Jim. was the assistant coach there when right. that happened. That was my, my political commentary.
3: You know, <laughs> was he a wide receivers coach? Had, Iowa it? recently had racism complaints. You've got all these things going on, but yet the fucking Big Ten and Kevin Warren get pissed off at Scott Frost and our university for going against them on a decision and not even really going against them, just saying we'd like to play football. During a pandemic at which desperate times and nobody's been through this shit because nobody was alive during the Spanish flu in 1918.
2: Hey, John, I I got a question before you go off this thought, because it is important. I have not heard the name of any university presidents or chancellors or whatever their title is that had influence. I mean, who are the power brokers in the big 10 conference right now? Certainly not Nebraska. I'm not surprised that Iowa had the attitude we want to play. They don't have an academic. The president at the university of Iowa is not an academic. He came from the business world. So who, who are the power brokers among you know, those guys, those fourteen people sitting around the table. I think they
3: see themselves as equals. They always have. You know, and I mean that's the been the thing about the Big Ten. Is when you I'll give you an example. Ohio State's budget last year, they brought in seven point five billion dollars. Okay. That's not football. We're not talking about athletics. Seven point five billion dollars into their university. Their athletic department generated what? Maybe $120, $150 million in revenue? So if you're in the university, uh, if you're Ohio State University's president, which is what? Gene Smith, right? No, he's AD. Oh, okay. Well, I'll fucking whatever the guy's person's name is. Oh, she's incoming. I can't remember what her name is, but she's a brand new president. Are you worried about the athletic department? You have seven point five billion dollars in one year to worry about on the academic side of the fence, and then you look over there at your athletic department. You go one hundred fifty million dollars. Why do I even fucking care about that? You don't, and that's the answer. Before I get off, I bring remind me to bring up the amateurism topic later. But I don't think that there's necessarily power brokers in the in the Big Ten as much as they all they want to build toward consensus. They might have not even had a unanimous decision. If you remember, I think Dave Razine during BTN's press conference with Kevin Warren asked him, was it a unanimous decision? And he dodged the question. Why didn't he just say, yeah, maybe it wasn't unanimous or, you know, these are turbulent times we're going through. But he didn't because, uh, you know, I hate to call him a shithead again. I already did that on Twitter. That's pretty public. But I don't think he handled this well. On the other hand, I don't think he should be shot for it because we are in the middle of a pandemic and we don't need to be shooting our decision makers because nobody's gone through this. And it is very difficult to be the guy that stands up the top of the hill and tells everybody shit they don't want to hear and makes decisions that nobody wants him to make. So I have to breathe here.
2: (laughs) You know... You know, right. he could have – Warren could have made a comment, you know, rather than saying about Nebraska and not if they want to be in the ten, Big Ten, he could have gotten by with a comment, something along the line, well, you know what, we need to talk to Nebraska. We need to have a conversation with Nebraska. <laughs> you know, and, and he's strong. young and he – yeah.
3: You know what he could have been? Not a shithead. That's exactly <laughs> it. Well,
1: you know, I'm not going to be one to defend Kevin Warren – I mean, he's somewhat new, obviously. And I guess supposedly he's, some people think he's going to be the new commissioner of the NFL, you know, after uh, whatever his name. <clears throat> obviously, this job interview for the, the new NFL commissioner is not going that well. And maybe we, you know, and, and to defend him in a sense, and I really don't, uh, I don't know. I just, We just, there's the problem with my problem is that the lack of communication from the Big Ten is an issue. It's a huge issue where the Pac-12, you know, issued, there's a document that said, this is why we canceled. Even though they wait until the Big Ten canceled, not canceled, sorry, postponed, even though it's you know, probably going to be a cancellation because the chances of us playing in the spring isn't that great. But um like, so, Mike, my, my, like the article I wrote today, you know, give us a reason. I mean, t- I mean, not. The, I mean, don't say health experts. Say, okay, we're looking at the uh, the mild car- chid- ah, mild, the heart issues, you know, things like that. I'm sorry, the myocarditis or my- whatever, you know. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that okay, say that. But what even like that uh, the, the the big the BTN guy um, that you're talking about in the interview, he brought it up, and then Kevin Warren said, "Yeah, that's kind of part of an issue, you know." But it's like that's a pretty big issue, you know. You we've had what was it five or ten Big Ten players who have been diagnosed with that, you know, since you know having COVID. That's kind of a big deal, you know. But my question also is, okay, so you want to play in the spring? Is that going to go away? The, the the threat of that heart issue, you know. I mean, do you think there's going to be a vaccine that's going widely widely distributed? You know, distributed. You know, I think part of part of me thinks is that Nebraska should have maybe not said anything, and then if the Big Ten would have came out and canceled the season, which might have happened, then the bit then Nebraska would have been like okay, well if you guys are going to play them, we're then we are going to play. Because tonight I was listening on sports Nightly Bill Moose came out and said essentially what happened is since the Big Ten post quote postponed the season of the spring, they actually could not schedule a season because it'd be a, you know it would be in uh, it would not be in accordance with the season that's going to happen in the spring. However if the Big Ten would have canceled the season then Nebraska would have been on a stronger footing. As far as moving forward to, I don't know, be the plus one for the big 12 type of deal. And so um, there's so much that I, I sure hope this is my hope for Kevin Warren. At some point, something's going to come out and we're going to find out what happened. And because at this point, these articles are coming out and he sounds incompetent to and just to be nice. Because Ryan Day, you know, and Jeff Brom today made comments about, like, we've been waiting for guidance. Jeff Brom, you know, he he makes up these guidelines for spring football or what's going to have to happen. Like, what's the Big Ten doing? You had five months. What were you you – you're just sitting there. And uh, I think it was Kevin Warren that made the comment um, that, yeah, it was like yesterday we started talking about spring football. It's like, why weren't you talking about that this whole time? I know I, I would just think if I was a Big Ten commissioner or major, I'm like, okay, we're going through a global pandemic, people are dying. This is a this disease or sorry, the virus is highly transmissible. We want to try to play football, so how are we going to do that? Okay, so these are our options. All right. For the fall, okay. I don't know what. Maybe what happens if that is not an option? What is? What do we do next? Okay, let's let's say next option is spring. Well, these are you know this is what we're trying to work towards. You know, it's like and like how I mean, how much is Kevin Warren getting paid? Like he, he's supposed to be the essentially the leader, you know, of the athletic departments. I guess you would say, but I don't know. I, I hope that something comes out. that's like. But he has actually been ahead of things, or something. I don't know. And uh, but I mean, for for his sake, for his sake, yeah. Because his- I mean, you,
3: you look at Jeff Brom re- released the whole plan for spring football. Why the fuck is Jeff Brom doing that in the first place? It's, I'm not mad. I'm not nagging, ragging on Jeff Brom for doing that. But you're right. It should have been the Big Ten. It should have been their conference. Somebody like Kevin Warren that's getting paid a lot of money to I don't know lead. Well, you know, Ryan, to actually have answers at press conferences that doesn't make him mm-hmm. sound like a,
1: like me. You know what I mean? Return. No, well, like like Todd Todd said, you know, it. If you bring up the question in Nebraska, say, yeah, well, you know, we're going to continue, you know, something like we're going to continue to communicate with Nebraska about, you know, things going forward. Um, if they want to play, then that's something that we're going to talk to them about. You know, something like that, and say. Um I, I just think I, he just seems so unprepared for these questions that is a David Nevzine or what was it, whatever the BTN guy. Revs, Rev, Revzine, yeah. Is essentially like throwing him softballs and he has to ask the question multiple times. Like, hey buddy, I'm trying to help you out. Here you go. Here are the questions. <laughs> and he didn't he just didn't do it well. I like People always, you know, they want to compare him to Jim Delaney. You know, Jim Delaney said, "Oh yeah, if Nebraska would have said that Jim Delaney would have brought down the hammer." But guess what? You know, he's not here, and you Jim guys Delaney would have never
3: way. let it get to that place.
1: Yes, yeah. and that's he probably would have true. never
3: got let it got to the point that yeah. anybody said Absolutely. anything publicly before that. So fuck these people yeah. with their oh, public execution. Kiss my ass, Adam Rittenberg, <laughs> you motherfucker. <clears throat> Yeah. You know what? I stood next to him at the on the sideline, the Penn State-Minnesota game. We talked about the Penn State-Minnesota game last year, and he he didn't think Minnesota had anywhere capable of beating Penn State. Anyway, he was wrong. <laughs> who? Uh, Adam, Ritten, Adam Ritten, ESPN guy. Oh, man, you guys guy. got to pay attention to some of these
1: names. What the hell, man? That way when I bitch about people, you know who I'm bitching about. No, I know. Uh, my wife was, like, talking to me, so – Adam, Ritten, Adam Rittenberg is about your wife's talking to you. I know, All right. Adam Rittenberg makes a comment on Twitter, like it, you know. Oh, don't worry, it's just a year, you know. You'll get over it, you know. As far as like, you know, football game canceled, talking about Nebraska, and all of a sudden Ohio State decides, you know what, we actually want to play, and his ch- his tone changes, like yeah, you know, it's. I actually, you know, I have nothing against Rittenberg. He he wasn't. One of the people in my sites, I guess, as as far as my article goes. But uh, I did see
3: that comment he made in a year. They have deep pockets. They'll be fine. You know what? The hotels won't be fine. The fucking bars and restaurants won't be fine. The media people won't be fine. He probably won't have a job. The photographers I've stood next to on sidelines for the last few years, they are going to be hurting their asses off. So to make that comment is just, tone deaf you know because we can't play football for a whole year this entire landscape is going to change
1: well i know what moose said today is that they're going to lose because those cuts they made earlier this year those were the anticipation of losing like 15 million dollars in revenue you know because they had like brian rosenthal got he got cut as well he said that was 15 million that we thought we would lose we're looking at over a hundred million dollars that we're going to lose. Now, now we keep talking about financials, right? And all the businesses and all that. And we have to re- remember that people, I mean, this is a real thing. It's a virus, you know, and this is maybe that there should be some discussion about that, but you can't just like throw the fact that, Oh, by the way, people's livelihoods are being thrown out. The CDC came out today that one out of four, um, under one out of four, uh, I I'm want to call them kids, you know, uh, with a 19 to 24 year olds are contemplating suicide. I mean, it's like there are other factors outside of the, the positive cases and the death rates and all that stuff. Not, you can decide, what's more important and all that. And that's fine, but just don't, don't be so dismissive like Adam Rittenberg was. You know, and I'm, I guess I'm more upset about it now than I thought I was. But uh, I I was. <laughs> go ahead, I, I'm talking too much. But sorry,
0: I just don't know how. You know, if you try to do something in the spring, I don't know how it works because you've got, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know the late period, the late signing day, but you have a uh, combine in there. You've got guys who are seniors now who you know the, just write them off you know because why and, and even if you if you don't have a season if they don't do anything in the spring and you just lose the 2020 football season um then you get you can make the the conversation all you want for you know well we'll give you another year of eligibility but in doing so if you if they're a you know if they have any you know Actual, impossible, and and, and uh, attainable dreams of playing in the NFL—they're just going to go because why? You know why put off another? You know, or in in a game that you know doesn't have a ton of longevity, especially at various positions. Why risk? You know, putting your body, you know, through through another you know you know amateur season, quote unquote. Um, you know to to you know why do that when you could go to the NFL and and. And my biggest thing is if you have – right now we have three conferences that are still planning on, you know, pushing back the the fall season but playing it. You have the SEC, ACC, and Big 12. You can't crown – I mean, you can't crown a national champion. You can – I mean, you can make an attempt, but but there are so many – you know, Ohio State was a favorite uh you know you have it won't
3: matter alabama will claim it anyway it will just go right in there with all them other fucking fake titles they claim sons of bitches
0: i mean i know i'm throwing a lot at, at here but you know i just don't see even in a, a some kind of con, condensed season you know you get into march or even you know let's say fall sports are the only sports affected uh maybe a few things are pushed back, but. By the middle of February, you've got conference basketball tournaments, and then you have March Madness. Do you really want to have that TV bidding war between college football and March Madness? It's it's a lose lose.
1: Oh, it'd be no, it'd be awesome. It would yeah, be all, of all sports. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I would take a couple of weeks off from work. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you you know, let's say for sure, spring football is going to happen. And the best thing that could happen for Nebraska is that the NFL draft or the NFL decides to keep the draft where it's at, because guess what? We don't have good enough players who are going <laughs> to yeah. get drafted. And guess what? You know who does the teams that are a lot better than us. <laughs> and, uh, so it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. We can go play Ohio state and I have to worry about Justin Fields or, uh, Wisconsin. I guess they have a, uh, must be a running back who's going to be in the first round, supposedly. I mean, so I saw you know um, uh, Mike uh, from Rivals. M- Mike, something I, I'm blanking on it, but he had he already posted an article of the Big Ten teams who are the the top ten Big Ten players who will probably you know not play, and none of them were Nebraskans, you know that says something about us that also, you know, that gives, if, if you want to have the silver lining, uh, you know, because I, I think the only player that can maybe not want to play would
0: be Brandon Hymas. And uh, that might be it. I don't know. So let me ask this, because uh, I know it, it's been a concern for, you know, not just Nebraska, but a lot of programs who, you know, you know, whose conferences have discussed, you know, shutting down. But let's focus on Nebraska. Uh, you know, Scott Frost said it, these players are going to be a lot safer here than, you know, w- with the medical um, access than they would be in, in a lot of their home communities. If, if there's no football, are, are they all just going home? Or are they, you know, on campus Are, are is anybody on campus? Now, let's say in Lincoln, are they doing any in-person learning? Um, and because you can, my my the the crux of my question, what I'm what I'm trying to get at is, if you are planning on playing in the spring, when you're not playing in the fall, you get guys who can obviously you know heal up if they had anything in the off season like an Adrian Martinez. Uh, you, I mean, what what kind of structure is there as far as practices, as far as weight, you know, uh, you know, uh, strength and conditioning? How how does it work? And we don't know and. You know, if you're just giving to somebody and then you got a, a short offseason turnaround from March to, you, you know, that you have no spring football because I mean, you do, but it's competitive games. It, it's just it, I don't know. It, it's it, it's frustrating. Hi, Captain Obvious. That's me. <laughs>
2: yep.
0: OK,
3: I interviewed Andy Staples for a little while today, and he brought up the point that. The playing in the winter, playing in the spring will get much easier if everybody cancels football, right? If the SEC goes ahead and plays a football season or the Big 12, uh, three conferences left, right? The ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC, if they go ahead and play football, number one, the Big 10 and the Pac-12 look stupid unless something happens to the other three conferences, they, they look stupid, and honestly, it probably affects their recruiting, but, you know, that's another subject. Uh, but if those guys go ahead and cancel, then we probably have a better chance at actually playing winter football because everybody will be that much more desperate. In other words, the other teams and the other schools will be more willing to actually put together a football season. Uh, how it all works, I don't know. I guess they're working on – you know, people point to a vaccine right now. I'm trying to set up an interview with a coronavirus virologist uh, who is actually working on types of cures—not cures, but ter- treatments—but not vaccines. Do you think, so, and we can go down?
0: Yes. Yeah, I was just going to ask. Do you think if uh, if you're successful in, in acquiring that interview, do you think that post will go viral?
3: Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs> God, you, I, I was going somewhere and now I just hurt. You know what? Okay, I'll, I'll jump in really quick. Um, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. You, you know what? It, I to get some water. You know, if the Big Ten, sorry, if the other conferences cancel, sorry, or postpone in the spring, the Big Ten looks pretty smart, you know, and the Pac-12 looks pretty smart. You know, you could say, oh, yeah, we knew what was coming or whatever. You know, you look at this, you know, look at you guys. You tried and you failed, whatever. However, if those, if the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 have a full football season, the Big 10 looks pretty bad. And the Pac-12, people aren't really going to care about because those games are at 9.30 at night anyways. So, uh you know, as far as spring football goes, I mean, yeah, it'd be easier. Like you said, like it'd be easier, if, you know, like Andy Staples said, if they all quit because then we're all on the same schedule then maybe. Or maybe we could all, like, go at the same time. And I don't know, but, like, Jeff Brown's schedule, it was we put – I think it was play eight games total in the spring. In the spring yeah. And then play, I think it was ten games the next fall because you're worried about these kids playing so many games in a short period of time and so I think that's a real concern you know about the, I know people were you know before you know everything got canceled as far as like Big Ten football people worry about we're sacrificing the kids you know for football but now we're saying it's okay then you move it to the spring and now we're All of a sudden, the same people aren't thinking we're sacrificing the kids again, uh, even though they're going to play way more football in a shorter period of time. And uh, so it's, I don't, you know, it's a pandemic, and I'm glad I don't have to make any of those decisions, but I can write about them and I can be critical of them, but I'm not the one that actually has to make them, which is why I'm trying to defend Kevin Warren a little bit. Because I'm just hoping that there's something out there that would say, okay, you know what? Maybe maybe he actually did a really good job. Uh, I don't know.
3: Well, I hope he stays around so I can call him a shithead in the future. (laughs) I don't think – I don't – really don't honestly think it's fair to us to beat the decision makers up too hard because it's not only that we're going through something nobody's ever been through before. Uh, it's that we all are suffering from anxiety and stress and, and you know, humanly probably like me, who can thrive more on chaos, but there's a lot of people that just uncertainty really screws them up. And right now we're going through incredibly uncertain times and it's not good for the mental health. <laughs> um, okay. What else we got? I'd go back to this amateurism thing. I wanted to make a point there. Maybe I made it before. I think it's time you made your point, John. Okay, let's go back to the budgets. There's this undercurrent of of football writers out there who say that uh, the university presidents would like to call off this season because the players had found their voice and they were You know, between the Pac-12 players that were protesting and wanted a union, and then there was this article or this thing that came out where the players wanted to play, but they wanted protection, and they also wanted representations. Which a lot of writers took as they're forming a union. They're not forming a union legally, and these are completely different things than saying we want representation or we want a slice of the revenue came out of the Pac-12. there is this undercurrent of people who think the college presidents would sacrifice this season to cut off those players who are finally standing up for themselves all because they're worried about losing all this money. Okay. Earlier I mentioned Ohio state's budget on the academic side of $7.5 billion. That again, their athletic budget pales in comparison to that. So I don't think he would have, I don't think, I don't think university presidents at all would sacrifice, would kill a season just so they could stay amateur because of all the supposed money it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them way more money if they fuck up their universities and have like an outbreak that kills, let's say 20 students. People will be much, you know, what will happen to that? Every time we think of Penn state football, what do we think of? A lot of us still think of Jerry Sandusky what, Joe Paterno didn't do anything. That will be stay with Penn State University for our lives, for anybody who's listening to this, probably the rest of your lives. You know, every once in a while, people bring up Lawrence Phillips, but Nebraska football, fair or unfair, that's what happens. That's what comes up. Uh, if you're the university president that makes bad decisions during this, and you have an outbreak and students die, that is going to cost you university, and people are going to go, I'm not sending my kids to that school, and it's going to cost you enrollment. And next year, guess what? Ohio State doesn't bring in $7.5 billion. They bring in five. That's a massive difference hit to Ohio State University, and that does matter to a university president. So I would point out that they're not throwing away this season to maintain some level of amateurism. They're throwing away this season, number one, because they are worried about the health stuff, because they don't want to get caught up in lawsuits if a kid would happen to have long-term effects or or from, you know, the inflammation of the heart thing that's going on. Um, what is it? Myocarditis? I believe so. Everybody else is going to try to pronounce this. Uh, you know, they're worried about those things and the liability that goes on with it. And that those are certainly concerns that are valid but they also don't want to be that guy, you know what I mean? That guy that we associate with the baddest thing that happened during this pandemic. Uh,
2: You know, John, with that, with the amateurism conversation and I, you know, that's a, another rabbit hole that we could run down, you know, for forever. I would, I would agree with you. I don't think that has, you know, the people that are saying that that's a motivating factor, again, they're trying to make news quite honestly. I think I'm of the same opinion that you are. I, I don't think university presidents really give two hoots about that because in the big scheme of things, it isn't that much money in the big university picture. But I do believe that athletic department officials, I think that the ADs and those people are truly concerned. And I think a lot of the head coaches are truly concerned about the amateurism thing because it has to do with control. And it's control that a lot of those hard-line coaches are going to have to give up. And, you know, it's just kind of like, and, and here's an analogy. I still work with, well, I did still work with a coach, one of our better coaches that I've worked with, who, you know, he hated stats and he would never produce stats. And he would always get in trouble with the, the association because he wouldn't send in stats so they can be published on the statewide website. And I backed him, and I supported him, and I argued with the people down in Boone and Des Moines about it. But why didn't, why didn't he want all that – why didn't he want those stats published? It's because he wanted to put team before me. He wanted to have control over the message that he was sending to his players. I look at the whole amateurism thing with a lot of coaches are going to have to give up some control over the players because these guys are going to be making – they're going to be making some money. And that money is something that is going to be a disruption to the chemistry of the program. I don't care what anybody says. We can talk about, you know, Nebraska football. And I understand that, you know, there already is a pecking order. But when you have certain players that start getting substantially more money because of their name and likeness, because of their likes on Twitter and social media and all that kind of stuff that is going to disrupt the chemistry of the program. And I think that that's where the, the opposition is going to come from. It's going to come from, it's still going to continue to come from head
1: coaches and, and athletic department officials. Nate, you're up. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) And I missed probably part of the conversation. So hopefully I'm not, uh, sorry. My dog's growling. Uh, not, uh, going to double up on anybody but like uh Todd was talking about some coaches are going to, have to give up some power from what we've heard over the past couple months you know Iowa's going to have an issue with that <laughs> <The>
2: amount, <laughs> yeah think
1: <laughs> yeah the amount of power I, I, he, all the stories keep I kept on coming out from Kirk Ference and uh that um the strength and conditioning coach and all that, like, some of that was like, I'm like, what do you guys think you're doing? Like, you're not letting, you know, I understand at some point, you know, there's like, you kind of want them to, I'm not saying act a certain way. Cause that's not what I mean, but it's like, you know, it's like, but they were doing it in such a way that they were like change, trying to change or trying to make almost like, you know, like the, the, the military, you go in, they shave your head, you know, They want you all to be the same. You're not independent from each other, you know, and essentially it sounds like they want to make the black players act like they're white, you know, type of deal. And so like the amateurs, I don't think Scott Frost, the amateurism would bother him that much.
2: Not that much.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, I think it would bother some coaches like Kirk Ferentz and hopefully he's He's making steps. I think it probably bothered Nick Saban. Uh, Everything bothers Nick Saban. Oh, I know. He he is. He's such a great coach, though. You know, but it's like, and uh, who knows? He, he he might be like Bill Belichick, where what you see on TV and in the interviews is something completely different than what you see behind closed doors. I don't know. Uh. Stop trying to humanize
3: Nick Saban, you <laughs> fucking bastard. Or Bill Belichick.
1: <laughs> or Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah, no. I know. I don't know. I just, it's like, I think he, the best thing Nebraska's done is they're embracing the name, image, and likeness, you know? Yeah. So, you know, the Nebraska legislature passed that bill. Has the governor not signed that? I don't know. I. Uh, it's the thing is... I guess I could probably research that. I just haven't heard, you know, oh, governor signs a bill. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Have you guys heard anything about that? Like, what? No. Okay. So, like, what are you waiting on? This is like a winner. Like, for Nebraska football, that's a winner. Like, guess what? Co- Coach Frost could sell to every recruit. Oh, by the way, our governor has signed a bill or, or legislature passed the bill. Governor has signed it that you can go and get a sponsorship from a dealership and you want to worry about getting in trouble, you know, something like that, you know, I bet he's already doing that. I mean, yeah. Nebraska ask is so, so far out in front of this compared to a lot of colleges and universities. They've yeah. embraced it. hundred percent. And that's why they, they, they have the partnership with, Oh, come on. He's a former linebacker. Open doors, Blake Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Blake Lawrence. Yes. That, that'd be a good interview. Did you, have you interviewed him yet, John? No, thanks a lot. <laughs> anyway so I'm trying to think of what other coaches would probably have issues with control I don't know probably most of them you know?
0: there's a lot of them that would I, you know what I could see Harbaugh
1: I don't know he's so weird though he, he's super weird he, uh, he is a weird cat man I don't know It's he might be like yeah go ahead I, th- I, mean, think, like,
0: I think because of uh, well yeah because of his experience, I guess Harbaugh because of his experience as an NFL head coach and also Greg Sciano as a as an NFL head coach I think Greg Shano would have an issue. 100%. Really?
1: Yeah, you know, I think Greg Shano would but John Hart or the Jim Harbaugh. Uh yeah, I remember I always thought it was funny he told kids not to eat chicken because
0: it a, because he was a nervous bird. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. We're, wearing cleats around people's homes, though—that's not. I so. love that story. The cleats story just <laughs>
1: absolutely cracks me up. I don't, that's weird, but he's a weird guy, man.
0: I don't know. I just, oh. lost him a recruit, you know, if I remember the story yeah. correctly. Yeah, you know, he's like, "How are you well, gonna be wearing cleats in mom?" They say
1: house? he lost him, but he might never. And, you know, it's like one of those things. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. But he was also being recruited by like Alabama and stuff, right? You know. So. I don't know.
3: Okay, I'll tell you a story about the chicken thing
1: nervous chicken thing i'm well, nervous hearing the story I, thing
3: it has to do with uh, uh oh good god come on they inject it into animals to make them grow hormones right mm-hmm. right Growth hormones, Growth hormones yes. stuff like that make the cows bigger to make the chickens bigger four-foot chickens swoop down to uh, church outings carry away the children that's a different story Maybe we'll tell that in the future because we're going to have a lot of weeks without shit to do. Okay, here's the thing: years ago, years ago, when my kids played soccer, we had a guy on my football or on our soccer team that was another parent, and I think he, he worked in genetics, he was a genetics engineer, some damn thing, uh, biogenetics, whatever it was. And I happened to start a conversation with him one time about the fact that we keep seeing kids getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, and I pointed out the size of a lineman when I was a kid was about 180 pounds. Now you got them coming out of high schools and they're, they're already 300 pounds. Uh, You know, and obviously we have different things about nutrition and weights are much more important. But I said, do you ever think that maybe the the fact that they're injecting growth hormones and stuff and the like chicken has any effect on this stuff? And we went into this conversation and he said, you know, They The growth hormones can't really cross species unless it can. And we had this whole conversation about, you know, it's kind of like the whole chronic wasting disease. (laughs) Everybody was terrified of that stuff, crossing a species and infecting humans and stuff like that. And that's the thing is they don't 100% know a lot of the times that was what he was getting at is maybe it was – but he wouldn't say, but he would you know, he wouldn't completely dismiss it. So I get why Jim Harbaugh made the it's a nervous bird comment, you know, because I, I, I hate to get into the whole we're, you know, GMOs and we're injecting shit into our food. But uh, I just thought I'd relate that for no apparent reason whatsoever.
0: <laughs> John, I like your chicken story. You're going to need to... You're going to need to keep those hits coming for the next five months.
3: It is important to remember one thing. We've gone through these changes before when it was in college and from coaching. And I want you to think about this, right? And then in the late 1960s, a huge cultural change happened in America. And what happened to America, if you go through a yearbook and you look at the class of 1965, all of those guys had butch haircuts, all of them. Right. 1965, 66, 67, 68. Suddenly you start seeing these guys with hair down to their shoulders. And, you know, black guys started afros and things like that. Everybody started changing just their hairstyles. Now, what do you think a college football coach would think of all these long haired hippie fucking kids playing football on his team who suddenly show up with long hair? They don't want to wear a suit and tie And suddenly, all of a sudden, uh, I don't know, the South wants to integrate black players into playing football and actually getting scholarships and being on football teams. So we've gone through massive cultural shifts in this country before, and we've survived them, and it's been fine, and the country has gotten better because of it. When you look at all these people that say, oh my God, this is going to destroy football forever. This is going to change things forever. What they're really saying is, I don't like this change and I don't want it to happen mostly because I don't like change. But most, you know, we've gone through this shit several times in our history, actually, if you go back through it. So it's not really anything to be afraid of, I don't think. It's just going to be different. That's my
2: bit. There's a lot of unknowns right now. And, you know, that's, I think what's more unusual about other ships that we've gone to, I'm not saying everybody knew where things were going to end up in 1968, 69. I mean, that was a very tumultuous period in our history, but, you know, there are a lot of people right now that just are, are are really frustrated. And I think that that's where a lot of the mental health comes from is just the uncertainty because no one has given any, there's no one out there, that has shared anything that gives us a sense that we might be able to get on top of this thing. I mean, the best that we're getting are cheerleaders that are saying, um, I think by the end of the year, we're going to have a vaccine, or, you know, these trials are looking pretty good. And we we should have something by this, you know, early 2000, you know, by 2021. But it's it's speculation. And that's just having the vaccine. That isn't vaccinating that isn't making a difference and and I get it I mean it's yeah it's, it's <laughs> well apparently Russia is just
3: going to go ahead and start vaccinating people in October <laughs> we'll probably have World War Z about I don't know, like Halloween people will be walking around going what's that a guy dressed up and suddenly it'll be ah, fucking zombies everywhere
1: World War know. Z is an extremely underrated movie <laughs> That's a great movie. I mean, so don't even disparage the idea of World War Z. You know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so what were we talking about? You know, if, if look vaccine if it, stuff. You know, okay. If, if speaking of yeah, movies, yeah, I'll
3: say this. I'll say this before we before we're probably done in a little bit. If there's going to be one thing that I regret about the year 2020, it's this. I didn't fucking run for president. Because I should have ran for president. And I'm going to, the rest of my life, I'm going to look at myself in, in the mirror after November. And I'm going to say, you stupid shit could have fucking saved this country. And you didn't do it. And now look where we're at.
1: Okay, so... Um, I'm
3: not even joking. That's not even a joke. <laughs> a fucking steel post could run for president, and I'd vote for that fucking steel post. <laughs> I didn't mean to get all political, but... Wait, wait,
0: wait. wait. Do you think it's possible, and and look, the, every obviously the four of us and everybody listening to this podcast, wherever you are, as long as you're able to vote, vote for the goalposts that John helped rip down and carry across Lincoln. Just ride you gotta
1: it
0: get in. Him uh, we'll call him Johnny Johnny Goalpost. <laughs> Everybody write okay. in Johnny Goalpost, and we'll see what happens. Look again, as John said, it can't get any worse.
1: So, so back to Nebraska football. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I do have a thought, or I have something I do want to say. I, if Nebraska had gone. Ten and two last year, and they canceled the season. I'd actually be okay. I'd be just fine. I think
2: that's where Scott Frost is coming from a little bit too, because I think Scott Frost believes that this football team that was scheduled to take the field this fall is going to make significant improvement. And and I'm not saying that you know he's feels like his back is in the corner or up against the wall or whatever you want to say. But I really believe that he's convinced that he's got a team that's going to show that growth and he wants them out there. And I really believe that's why those state that statement came across
1: so strong.
2: And he doesn't want to lose this opportunity. I, I get it completely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because th- this is my concern is that Scott Frost – is now, let's say, I mean, I think we're just assuming that there's not going to be football in the spring. He has to now recruit another recruiting class based off of essentially, I don't know, trust or hope, you know, or something like that, where I think that's why it's like, I thought the best thing that could have happened based off the original schedule um, before the, the Big Ten issued a schedule was placed, the first six games be like possibly 6 No, Coronavirus then all of a sudden says, boom, no, you're done. And then guess what? Scott Frost would say, by the way, we were 6-0. and 0. You five- or four-star athlete, you know, and look at – we finally have the players and look what's happened. We're 6-0. and 0. Unfortunately, the virus said no. And I think that that bothers me the most. I know, I know that Ohio State Grammarly
3: does more than catch errors. With Grammarly, you
2: can find really good, no,
0: perfect. <laughs> Grammarly, I, I'm, 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 I'm trying to do research that's that's topical and looking something Grammarly, up and, and I hate good. I hate pop-up ads. So sorry, continue. Okay, so like Ohio State,
1: uh, and that's kind of the interesting part is that Ohio State's upset. Because they, they think they have a national championship football team. And that's why they're pissed. Iowa, um, I think I think they're upset because Iowa State still gets to play football. But Nebraska, they want, they want to be able to show recruits that, by the way, look at what we're doing. Look at how good, you know, this is the direction of the program. Because we won, was it, five games last year and four games the year before. You know, it's like, you know, and so I think that's what i that's what bothers me probably the most about getting a, a, a season canceled is because if they were 10 2, I'd be like, yeah, okay. So Scott Frost can still sell the crap out of it. But no, he's, he won four games this first year, five games the second year, you know, and this would be the third year. Where you would hope it would be a jump to seven or eight or whatever, and he could sell it, but that's what bothers me the most. And but but the coronavirus doesn't care, so whatever.
2: You know, I read something about Scott Frost and snake bit. You know, something like he's been a head coach for four years, right? Yeah, four years, five years, four years, and uh, he's lost like two or three games to hurricanes, you know, one to one to a, a, a storm, a thunderstorm. And now, now he's losing a whole season, you know, potentially a whole season to this virus. I mean, he's, you know, I don't, you know, Hey, one thing that I just was that, that has been on my mind and I don't know if it bothers other people, but, and maybe it's out of line to talk about it on this show, but, I'm, I'm full up to hear on that sanctimonious crap from some of the newspaper writers. Um, you know, the, the big three from the World Herald and the Lincoln Journal star about, you know, the, the love affair with the big 12 and the big eight. And I know it was mentioned early on, but gee, many Christmas you talk about. I mean, that, that made me about want to puke. And I, I thought again, just another example of when. We don't have the sport going on. Let's, let's create something out of nothing. And, and that just, that left a bad taste in my mouth. And yeah,
1: for what it's worth. Yeah. So Tom Chattel's article, right? Like
2: that's Tom one Chattel's of them. article, Sipple's article and, and Dirks. I mean, Dirks that he wrote. And I'm not a Dirk fan, never have been great writer, yeah. great writer, but <laughs> are they playing to their constituency? I think so. And
1: I think it just riled it up even more. You know, I don't know. I would say two of them are. Dirk has never really played to a constituency because he pisses a lot of fans off. I mean, he always had, especially during Pliny, you know, when he was here. Uh, yeah, you're right. Great writer. Tom Chattel, he's, he's so, I mean, he's got to be close to retiring, right? I mean, I mean, maybe he, maybe he's hoping. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's hoping that there is a chance they go back to the big 12. I just, that's not happening. I mean, his,
2: his greatest memories are being on those old Skyrider tours and he, you know, and, and you know what those I'm sure for the media, those were great times and I'll be like the old big eight scores, you know, before I look at other scores every Saturday, I get it. Um, but I just, I just, I didn't appreciate the timing of that, and I guess my opinion is much different. And I thought it was unnecessary.
1: You know, my flakes tomorrow. I have the the title of the article, the headline, and it's "I appreciate our local media more than I did probably three days ago," and because I thought they did a really good job. Of sticking up for Nebraska, which surprised me, and like even Dirk, I mean, I, I was expecting Dirk to come out with a, with some column saying how stupid Nebraska is, type of deal, you know, because that's kind of his MO. So I was actually somewhat happy and proud of the fact that you have guys from two, and women two four seven Hale Varsity Husker Online. You know, so kind of sticking up for the program saying, you know, like at, you know, when when national people are killing us, they're saying, "Hey, um, you know, you obviously don't get what's going on here. You know, like Nebraska has some history, Nebraska has these interests. And by the way, uh, you in Michigan, you have the, the Detroit lions, you have the, that, uh, Detroit, uh, the baseball team, you anyway, know, whatever, and, you know, and all this stuff. And, but no, but that, that's not the, I, I kind of, you know, agree with Todd. It's like, you know, when, when you start talking about, like, even when I'm looking through Twitter, if you start talking about how great would it be to be with the big 12 again, I, I start in my brain thinking, well, are we going to go to the big 12? You know, it's like, do they know something I don't know? You know, it's like, uh, but that's why, it's why the, uh, Ronnie Brown and Ted Carter said, no, we're going to stay at the big 10, you know? And so, I don't know. I'm not entirely (laughs) sure where I was going with that. I'm not entirely sure where I was going with that, but
2: The, the article that, that I really enjoyed was Mitch Sherman's and Mitch Sherman, you know, I still consider him a local guy, even though he writes for a national publication.
0: Mitch, athletic, Sherman,
2: yeah. Mitch Sherman explained to that readership why Nebraska reacted the way that Nebraska reacted. And I thought I thought his article was excellent. So, kudos. Well, I,
1: yep, I subscribe to The Athletic. And I appreciate Mitch Sherman. I don't appreciate certain other writers who um I'm trying to think brad dixon brad dixon that, that his name do you guys know who i'm talking about no yes yeah he he, he, he t- what he's john's favorite oh yeah <laughs> he he took um you know he he was a somewhat offended you know by uh frost comments about you know any way possible to play football and he thought oh even if there was the you know people were dying in the streets frost wants to have football he's like no oh. you know Why i don't you know what doing? that guy's doing i don't know what, what like what his goal is but that's his thing you know but i don't know I, uh...
0: we talked uh, earlier on about the economic impact and of course you can go back uh to the archives from last week when uh, on a very special episode of John's post-life crisis, one of about 83, he uh, asked me to uh, prepare for him last week. Thanks a lot, John. Uh, Talked with uh, Dr. Ernie Goss of uh, Creighton University, a a preeminent economist in the state, talking about the impact of, you know, no football. Well, it was announced earlier today, speaking of economic impact in the state of Nebraska, that uh, the NCAA uh, canceled all uh, uh, fall championships for which includes volleyball final, final four which was supposed to be in December in Omaha so it's not just Lincoln it's not just football it's feeling the impact volleyball uh, the the volleyball fans and in uh, the area of Omaha will feel it you know in the last and, and greatest month of the year as well so it's uh I don't know it's a ball of suck for these people. A ball of suck. Um, yeah, I am renaming. You, re- you know what the
1: ball of suck. You know what's the ball of suck is when John interviews a former professor of mine and doesn't even like say, "Oh, hey, what do you think of this guy?" You know, what would you say? What well, what questions would you ask to a former law professor? You know who uh, who taught your income was it income tax? Yeah, it was that my class I took. You know. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, boom, there is uh, Professor Morse, you know, with his, good, his bow tie and everything, and John doesn't say a word. You know, I, I'm not you – know, I'm just – You know why that is?
3: We, we <laughs> tend to project ourselves on other human beings. And I can tell you for this, I would not want anybody asking any fucking teacher that ever had me as a student about <laughs> John when he was young because I don't want anybody
1: hearing that shit. But do you know, you know, if, if you asked I promise you, if you asked Morris about me, he'd have no clue who you're talking about. Because I just want to get to that class. It's one of those like it was yes, is in, uh, federal income taxation. That was the class, and I, I'm like, I'm just going to get to this class. I'm going to go, you know. And but yeah, he is he is bow tie. Here's a here's a quick here's a quick thing that I think Nebraska fans would appreciate, particularly our farmers. So he was talking about depreciation schedules and depreciation on income tax returns and all this stuff. And there's a student who raises his hand and says, are farmers smart enough to understand depreciation? (laughs) And he kind of like turns and and want to say, you are a stupid, you know, blah. And blah, now blah.
0: that student is the commissioner of the Big Ten <laughs> conference.
1: And and the funny thing is that Morris is a farmer himself. Like I, I can't believe farmers would know would understand depreciation, you know. <laughs> and 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 Morris is like, I promise, I forgot what he said, but he's like, I promise you they are more than capable of understanding appreciation. Thank you very much. And like it was like. It was, and like everyone else is like, "Whoa, yeah." Well,
2: that's no different than John believing that there's no way a Korean can understand to statistics and engineering. I mean, it's the same.
3: Oh, what I said, I couldn't <laughs> understand his accent, you motherfucker! Oh, oh, that yeah.
2: was <laughs> not not that he didn't
3: understand the math. He understood it perfectly. Shit, zero, zero. Yes. yes.
0: Okay, how we well, you on know, time, Greg? I think with with that, uh, it's time to go.
3: That's good, because I seem to have poked myself in the eye.
0: <laughs> well, keep your <laughs> finger out of your eye. <laughs> this what,
3: is how it's going to go for an
0: off-season that never ends. Which, uh, uh, you know, yeah, it's been a long off-season. It's going to get longer, uh, so we're going to have to find some ways to entertain you, uh, the faithful listeners out there. I encourage you, we still have this thing called Use Your Voice. Uh, and I encourage you to do so. So call or text, write this number down, save it in your phone, 402-327-1830. You can also interact on Facebook and Twitter, etc. Uh, but leave a voicemail. Just share your thoughts or ask a question or anything like that. Uh, clearly, we have no problem playing audio for my computer, especially when I don't want to do that, so we'll be able to play your message uh, in real time, have everybody hear it and respond accordingly. So do that, and we want to take this opportunity, John and I, to thank our uh, esteemed colleagues and guests from coordination.com, Nate McHugh, Todd Wolverton. You gentlemen are, your your top rung. You are top shelf. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to make any other beverage references. You're, you're great. Great guys. Thanks for spending some time with us this week.
2: Thank you guys very much. Let's let's uh let's get ready to win the next one. Whatever the next one is, let's uh let's get ready to win the next one.
0: September 2021.
1: <laughs> you know, I uh, one of my most clicked on and shared articles is about Dorothy Lynch meatballs. We might have to go back and do that again. So, there you go.
0: All right. For Uh, John Johnston, Nate and Todd, I'm Greg Mahochko. We remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go
3: Big Red.